Welcome to Bad Movie Brunch with me, Luke, here in Chicago. And me, Katie, here in Los Angeles. Episode 21, we're back again. Yay! It's cold as fuck <laughs> here, Katie. Here in Chicago. Me, Luke, here in Chicago is cold as shit. Oh, man. It's, it's been cold for a while now, hasn't it? Yeah, it's pretty brutal. What's it like in L.A., just so I can think about it? <laughs> it's very sunny. You just... Need a light jacket. Oh, that's it. All you need is a light jacket. All you need is a light jacket. Dude, on Wednesday, it's a high of negative 12. Oh my God. <laughs> that's horrific. A high of negative 12. <laughs> <laughs> that is not Are accounting. You that day? Oh, yeah. I can't that's wait to see cold. who comes in the movie theater from 3 30 till midnight when it's a high of oh, negative 12. No. <laughs> Uh, and speaking of movies, movies worth yes. trudging through uh, a high of negative 12 weather for, um, what is on the docket for today, Katie? The, what did you choose for us to watch? Okay, I chose a bit of a weird one for us, a uh, throwback to my childhood. It is called Unico in the Island of Magic. Woo! Yeah! That's so it's good. By, uh, yeah, it's by uh, Asamu Tezuka who is best known for Astro Boy oh, and okay. The White Line. Cool. That shows. Okay. Okay. And you're saying you have a, have a history of a secret origin story with this flick. I do, actually. This movie made quite the impression on me. Oh, give it to so, me. Back in the days of blockbuster video, I, uh, I was about like seven or so, and I was wandering through the aisles trying to look for something to watch. And when... You're young, you just pick out things because they look like they could be fun. Like, you don't care about reviews or anything like that. And I saw this movie, and I'd already gone through, like, Sailor Moon and everything like that. And I, it really reached out to me because there's, like, this cute little unicorn on it, and it looks totally safe. And I'm like, this, this could be a fun watch. And I pop it in, and I was horrified. Like, there are some people that talk about movies that, like, quote-unquote traumatize them as children. And this one is mine. Well, I was, I was definitely that adds up. Nightmares. <laughs> that adds up because when you when you told me this is the one you want to watch, I obviously hadn't heard of it, and I googled, and like one of the first articles I read is how it, it's like this is absolutely the most terrifying children's movie ever made, or like something like that. And I was like, ah, oh, shit. Uh, <laughs> I don't, I don't know if I'm ready for that. Uh, but it does sit at like a merciful like 82 minutes or something though. So like, there is that. So, I mean. You can handle it. Um, but I, I have to say I've never heard of this. And mm-hmm. I think that makes total sense. And I'm happy to hear that this isn't like something that you saw like last year or something. I'm ha- I'm always happy when we have a carryover from uh, from childhood. And you're, to- you're a total blockbuster kid, Katie. You're like... Uh, sure that, and I think I think that should still be the criteria used uh, when assessing movies to go see in theater or rent or, I mean, watch on Netflix because renting's kind of done, RIP. Um, but that the criteria of, uh, I don't care what the reviews are. This looks fun. And I, I still try to do that. Like, I still try to not hear about things because then sometimes you enjoy it. I tried to do it with Bumblebee. I still didn't really enjoy it that much. Uh, but I, I thought I was going to. <laughs> You um, gave it a shot. I give it a shot. That's what's important. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, Unico and Katie, do you have a do you have a, a five sentence review by chance? I do not have a five sentence review. Luke's five sentence review. All right, here we go. Is that okay with you? Unico in the Island of Magic is the story of how a young creature named Unico, which apparently isn't the same thing as a unicorn, even though I'm pretty sure Unico is a unicorn. She finds herself <laughs> going head to head with a dark wizard whose lot in life is to turn all animals and humans into living puppets. With the help of the evil magician's sister, Sherry, or is it Cherry? I'm not sure. It's, nobody knows. Okay, good. The pair fight off the dark wizard and the malevolent overlord he serves. While this movie is creepy and wrought with what seems to be bad English translations, there's no denying the beautiful animation. However, be prepared for several scenes of flashing strobe effects because this movie doesn't come with a seizure warning and it probably should. This is true. That's my five sentence review. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. That's a good one, man. That was awesome. Dink a dink a dink a dink. That's our theme song. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what that, I mean. I, and you know what? I noticed this in Into the Spider-Verse, too. So it's obviously like, like, did you notice how flashy that movie was like at times? I did, actually. I don't like, care for that. Alarming. Yeah, and and, and same, I mean, obviously it's pretty frequent in Unico when that like the the overlord god creature shows up. Like he's always like flashing. I have to like look at the floor. It trips me out. I don't think I'm epileptic, obviously. I've never had a seizure. Um, but I always think I'm going to for some reason. I always mm-hmm. think I'm going to. <laughs> and I'm like, this is the time where I have a seizure in front of everybody. <laughs> so what is this? How long has it been since you've watched this flick? And, and do you still feel scarred and like, did you still have nightmares or is watching it as an adult more of like a, a nostalgic experience for you? I've gone through a couple iterations with this movie. So what I, I saw it when I was a kid and it terrified the utter crap out of me. Lord Karuku, the uh, the dark wizard or the dark overlord that you're referring to, Ugh. has such an unnerving voice and character design so that he just creeped me out to the utter nth degree. So scary. And I always remembered this movie, but I could never remember the title. And I I think I was in undergrad, and I was uh, just going through like reading articles about various movies, and somebody brought this one up. I'm like, oh no, I remember that. So I watched it in college. And I couldn't, like, I was like, oh, it's still creepy. It's, it's not, I'm not terrified by it anymore because I'm older and I can, you know, I'm more prepared and I've seen more horrific things now. But it's still, I still think it's a very unnerving children's movie. Unnerving is a good way to put it. Because I, I went in, I went in with like a, uh, with like a lens on of like, this is going to scare me. Um, try, psyched myself up to be afraid. And I was like, you know what? This is creepy as shit. But it's like. You know, I've seen scary things. We live in the we live in the age of uh, of like you know hardcore Netflix series. I mean, in Daredevil, the first episode, you know, Kingpin chops somebody's head off of the car door. So like, I've seen some things. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, no, I definitely felt like consistently creeped out. Uh, I guess like, what? How is the better way to go about this? Do do we just kind of like break down the main characters and that will feed the story? Because I feel like this isn't the this isn't the kind of movie where we can kind of just talk about it and it's like culturally understood what it's about. I think we we owe we owe the listener uh, something of a, of a plot to go off of because otherwise we're gonna sound like fucking crazy people. <laughs> well, let me let me give some background, background to like maybe me. help illuminate this. Yes. So. I didn't know this until like just a few years ago. This movie is a sequel. Really? 
So there's like yeah. a there's like a Unico franchise out there. There's two movies. They were both produced by Sanrio Productions. The original uh, manga or comic that this is based on used to run in Sanrio magazine back in the early 1980s. Okay. And uh, actually, the original run of the comic was in the 70s. Wow. And the movies were in the 80s. And um, it the the whole reason. So the origin of Unico is that he's this. A unicorn is born, and he has these fantastic, magical happiness powers. And he's so powerful that he basically scares the crap out of the gods. And the gods, like, he has to die. So they order the West Wind to pick up this baby unicorn and leave him on the hill of oblivion for him to just die. And it was but the West Wind, of course, is like, I can't kill this tiny, cute little unicorn boy. Like, I want him to live. So she instead takes him to a location. And throughout the, the comic, he goes to location after location, helping people, bringing them happiness. But every time he's able to bring somebody happiness, he has to leave because the gods will find him and kill him. So the West Wind picks him up takes him to a new location, and the cycle starts all over again. And he loses his memory every time. So he has no idea, no memories of his friends or the adventures that he's gone on. It's an inherently episodic comic because there was no way of telling, like, when the reader would be able to start reading. So you didn't necessarily need to know, like, the whole premise or a whole bunch of backstory to be able to pick up, like, a certain episode of Unico. That's so tragic from a character standpoint, but that is so classic mm-hmm. comics, right? Like, yeah. the, now what they always say, like, uh, they always write comics as if it's somebody's first comic, because every comic is somebody's first comic. Uh, and that's a really smart plot device if you're, like, you know, you could literally pick up and invent new characters every time, which sounds like it could be a pain in the ass, but yeah, that sounds, like, really good from a reader standpoint. Um, and this character has way more depth than I initially realized, just based on that alone. Uh, mm-hmm. What a badass! Unico and Sky- Unico is kind of stealing my heart. Is Unico um, is 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 Unico um, a boy? Unico is a boy. Okay, because I kept getting faked out in this movie. I thought Unico was um, was a girl. I thought uh, the Dark Wizard was a girl. Um, oh. for a long time, I was like, oh, oh. very pretty hair. Yeah, yeah. I was like, I was like, who is this? Me, oh my. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I thought it was like a really like scary evil witch. And then it turned out to be a, a, a dark wizard man, uh, with flowing, flowing gold locks. Um, he's definitely in the range of like the beautiful anime men who are like very androgynous. For sure. Good call. Good like, call. what is up with this beetle costume? I'm not He's sure. Running around with like a beetle hat and cape. So, does the beginning of Unico on the Island of Magic sort of um, does is this like a reboot? Like, because or, or is this just assuming that it picks up just like an issue of the of the of the manga and uh, this is a completely fresh start for Unico? So Unico has had adventures but doesn't remember, or it doesn't matter, and this is like you can just watch it; and it doesn't matter, right? Yeah, you can just watch it and it doesn't matter. And the first one sets up like the, um, because I watched it like just this past week. Okay. And the first one sets up like the, the premise and he goes on two adventures where he forgets his friends. And it's weird because those adventures are a lot lighter and way less terrifying than this one. And this is like, okay, we did the light, fun ones. Now let's go to the really dark, weird ones. It is too. It's trippy as hell. 
Like, tr- I, like I think that's the only word to put. Like, it's so trippy. <laughs> and like, I uh, convinced my roommates to watch this with me uh, at like one a.m. today, because uh, <laughs> like, um, the, I don't know. Uh, they had just gotten back from from a party, and you know they're being crazy, wild, and wacky kids. And uh, I was like, yo, I'm going to have to bail. I got to go watch this movie. But uh, unless you guys want to watch it with me, it's on YouTube. And they're like, YouTube, mm-hmm. you say? And I'm like, that's right, you fucking nerds. YouTube. Uh, no, uh, I was just like kind of sold it as, I read it's like the creepiest kids movie of all time. And they were like, no. Um, <laughs> but it did not hold a party the way I thought it would. I got to be honest with you. It's no, it's I mean, no. It's- not a party movie it's very weird and incredibly 80s and slow like, some fantasy sequences in here that remind me so much of labyrinth oh like, good call uh, when they go to the island of lost things oh oh okay so here's what here's here's what i think we've got unico unico off the bat ends up in this in this forest which is is this first forest the island of magic uh you know, I think Nightmare Island is supposedly the island. That's of weird because Nightmare is Island really is up. scary as fuck. Um, <laughs> and immediately, like, fall who who falls in with like the leader of this forest, which is this big dumb orange cat. Uh, yeah. Which is like got like a, it really felt like a precursor to the Meowth character in the Pokemon anime, just because oh, sure. it's using yeah. that same like New Yorker accent, and uh, it, it 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 sounds super similar. Um, but yeah, there's this like, ah, ha ha, I'm the cat ruler of this forest or some shit. And like all these cats are trying to kill Unico, right? Yeah. And then, uh, sure are. pretty wizard shows up and, uh, Toby. Yeah. Toby. Thank you. Um, and what happens from there? So, uh, Toby starts turning all of the animals in the fort. Like at first he starts playing this flute. And they all go to him, yeah, like he's a Pied Piper. Totally. Yeah. And, uh, but it's a trap because he starts turning all of them into these blocky stone puppets who are all hypnotized by that music and follow him wherever he goes. And it's, he's essentially killing these animals by turning them into puppets. And uh, Unico sees all this, and of course he's obviously freaked out, and he goes to the solace of this uh, home. I think this is supposed to take place in like a – uh, like a version of a French village or something, and he ends up at the home of this girl Cherry or Cherry. We don't know who takes him in, and it turns out that um, as Toby goes along turning animals into puppets, he gets a message from his master, the guy that's teaching the magic, Lord Karuku, who's just the worst, and who tells him like now it's time to start turning people into puppets. So he goes into the village. Toby goes into the village, turns people into puppets. And then he comes into Sherry's home, and we find out that Sherry and Toby are actually siblings. And he's been learning magic to try to help his family, but he's just been doing some really dark and shady stuff. And, and it, the, the family is horrified, and they don't want anything to do with his magic because, you know, he's turning animals and people into puppets. It's really weird. And uh, he gets just kind of kerfuffled and leaves. And uh, But he's able to spare, and Lord Karuku shows up, and he turns both his mom and his dad into living puppets. And Toby is able to save Sherry and Unico. And they decide to go on like this mission to kind of to find Sherry's parents and to stop Toby and Lord Karuku. Okay. Penning it right there. 
So what we have is essentially uh, in, in a Darth Vader and uh, Lord Sidious situation, right? Yeah. Where, uh, yeah. where uh, so Toby, Anakin for all intents and purposes, uh, is yeah. is doing this ma- is learning this dark magic uh, to save his family uh, and uh, also in order to uh, overthrow the overlord correct like he's like mm-hmm. I'm gonna grow more powerful than this Darth Sidious Emperor Palpatine Lord Voldemort uh, yada yada so <laughs> uh, I also have to ask you this is where my thing about bad translations came in. Do you think puppet is is the right translation for what like because the way it I looks? I think it is okay because okay. they look like they look like weird wooden blocks like they look like yeah, weird like sure statue people and they like like I figured if they were puppets they would look pretty much the same like like you know Pinocchio like when he's the puppet he's a string boy when he's not he's a real boy um, is that and I don't know like I wondered if that's a translation thing or if that's like an animation choice thing. Uh, you know more about this uh, genre and realm than I, so I, I defer to you. So what I think is, okay, so here's why I think that they actually are living puppets is because we have a, Lord Karuku's backstory is that he was a puppet that was like like an actual wooden Pinocchio-esque puppet right. who was abused by his owners, Ugh. and he was left to die a puppet death, I guess, <laughs> and he washes up on the shore of lost or unwanted items right and he's just laying in this magic sunbeam for like centuries and eventually the sunbeam gives him life so his whole reason for revenge on the human race is because he was so badly abused when he was a puppet so now he's turning living people into puppets and making a castle out of them and that all happens on Nightmare Island all right so we're back to the plot so now Unico and and Cherry Sherry uh, are on Nightmare Island, and they're at like this big castle of like the human living puppets, right? And so, yeah. the the most like I don't know, it's hard to say, but like out of what image is most fucked up in this? But one of the scariest ones is when we enter the, like that castle. You're, you you uh, af- the aforementioned human puppet castle, where like mm-hmm. they're like kind of just like morphing into the walls, like not even like fully yeah. in it, like legs sticking out and like weird shit. Uh, it is like chilling it is like absolutely like haunting to, to, to look at and like you think nightmare island how bad could it be let me tell you pretty <laughs> pretty damn spooky and uh and then get us back into it katie walk us through so oh god I, it's there's so first of all there's this dragon that guards this castle <laughs> they gave him the goofiest voice on god's green earth he just goes, <laughs> like in a scary way, like in a goofy, like, just, I, I can't even describe it. It's the funniest thing. I, <laughs> I watched them around, and I think we're supposed to be scared of him, but his voice is so silly that it's, it's difficult to concentrate. But anyway, they eventually get to the, to the castle, and they're trying to find uh, Sherry and uh, Sherry's mom and dad, and, um, they are able to find them, but not before Lord Karuku kind of catches them, and he turns them. Uh, he's like, "Why are these people? Why are these things not puppets?" And Toby kind of makes a bargain with him, like maybe they can be toys instead. So uh, he temporarily turns his sister and Unico. He turns Unico into a rocking horse and Sherry into like this uh, ballerina thing. Right. And um, 
then they just end up washed up away. They're, they're able to escape somehow from being toys. And then they end up on the island of unwanted things you... and eventually able to... Yeah, it's, it's really... It's they, the they island of misfit toys. rocking horse. Let's be honest. Yeah, it's, it's the whole thing. It's got a Charlie and, in the box. Yeah, it's, it's so weird. And, um... <laughs> man. So, uh... But they're, they're also trying to look for a sphinx, but they can't find her, and... But they end up with the daughter who kind of, like, goes with them on this mission and is another wise-cracking animal. And, uh... There's also a point where Sherry tries to abandon Unico because the journey is getting so hard and Unico doesn't want to leave her. Uh, they, they both think that they're doing the right thing. Like Unico thinks he can protect Sherry and Sherry thinks that by leaving Unico behind, that will protect him. But the magic of her love for him <laughs> turns him into an evolved Pegasus. Okay, very good. Because this is my favorite part of the fucking movie. Is I like, <laughs> I was sitting here. I'm like, wait, did I space out for some of this movie? I'm like, I thought we were getting to the to the amazing the amazing winged Pegasus that is Unico in evolved form. Yeah. So um, Unico yeah. saves the day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he does. Um, but the the thing that's so like. The ending is one of the things I remember most because Sherry gets turned into a puppet when they come back to the castle and everybody, and it's all like the castle begins to fall apart. Even Toby's turned into a puppet and just everything is dark and awful. And Lord Karuku's just sinking into his own hatred. And Unico basically does the very anime thing of being like, but I love you. It and is. <laughs> Yeah, and it like Lord Karuku was so disgusted, but then touched, and he's finally loved that he's defeated just from like the power of this tiny little happiness unicorn. And at the end of it all, like Sherry comes back, and like everybody's like, all right. But then, of course, Unico can't stay because if he stays anywhere too long, the gods will kill him because he's a really powerful happiness unicorn. So the West Wind scoops him up. And takes him off to the next adventure. Uh, it's such a bummer. It's seriously so sad. Um, it is because Unico works so hard to save all those people, and he'll and, and he'll never know all the good he's done. Never. He's a tragic character. He is a tragic character. Poor little Unico. Yeah. Well, so speaking at like, would you consider yourself um, uh, someone pretty well versed in uh, the anime uh, and like manga and sort of like Japanese animation culture? I sure was. I used to be when I was in high school. I was really into it. Uh, less so now. There's a lot of stuff coming out that I'm very much not familiar with. But uh, I do know about Tezuka and his um, his incredible influence on anime. And um, so yeah, I know that. Well, and I, I, you could definitely, I got the sense that this was like an old school 70s, 80s-ish era anime with like the, the very be shonen like Toby, as you were describing, with the big hair and beautiful eyes. Absolutely. And I guess what I'm asking is, um, you say how influential this work is. Uh, now, does the stuff I'm watching look familiar to me because... Uh, so many people have drawn from it uh, in like this oh, yeah. style, or does it look familiar to me because this is like pulling from other like iconic pieces of uh, animation or is this, is this uh, uh, kind of the standard that like all things we grew up with in childhood is kind of uh, reaching and pulling from? 
I got to be honest with you. I think it's column A and column B. I do think that Western and Japanese animation uh, take inspiration from each other. And from that, you get a very interesting mix of styles and uh, things like that. I have heard, I don't know if this is true necessarily, but I have heard that like the big eye anime style is inspired by Bugs Bunny of all things. That makes sense. That makes total sense. And I have to say that like, no matter like what anybody has to say about uh, Unico, the franchise <laughs> or uh, Unico and the Island of Magic in general, uh, the thing you can the thing you can always uh, you know take to the bank is this this movie is really pretty. Um, the animation mm-hmm. is pretty gorgeous. They do have some effects that are like kind of insane, especially like uh, I guess for the time, like things that are surprising when you look that oh this came out in like eighty three or whatever it is mm-hmm. and whatnot. And uh, again, like I know this is probably gonna make me sound like such a such a basic bitch, such a noob, but there are some things that are just like. So, uh, so reminded me of like the Pokemon anime in the late nineties, uh, just like animation style wise where I'm like, Oh, this has gotta be like, they must've been pulling from this style like crazy because like even the way, like the way they did like, uh, like sun, sunset, sunset and like landscapes and like the way the water shimmered or like the way they were like those bird like characters and like the Pegasus, like flying over like, like water and sky and shit. I'm like, that looks like Rapidash. I'm not an idiot. (laughs) <laughs> uh, like like stuff like that, you know what I mean. So it was yeah. uh it was kind of good for the soul to watch in that regard, um especially and you know, uh especially someone who I feel like I don't I don't subject myself to enough animation. So it's nice to get like a big uh, a big serving such as Unico and the Island of Magic. I'm I'm so happy that you were able to get something out of it. Of course, I, I brought this to the table because I understand that the dub is bad. Like it's. It, Unico, I think, is good. Karuku, I think, is good. But Toby's weird. The, the cat character is a little weird. And uh, um, definitely Sherry. Sherry is the weakest link out of them all. Like, her voice has a lot of trouble emoting. But And it's, it's such a weird, slow movie that has definitely been forgotten to the sands of time. I think especially in this country. But I still think that there's something really unique and beautiful about it. And it, I do think it's like a time capsule of that just fascination with fantasies that was going down in like the, the late 70s and 80s. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's definitely a slice of an era, um, un- undeniably so. And uh, I, I also think that, um, you know, I feel I feel educated when you pull picks like this. So it, it's, ni- it's nice to, to dabble outside my realm a bit. Um, now, you said you watched the first Unico. Have you watched any any others besides like the first and this one, or have you uh, and or like have you dabbled any further into the comics, or is that something you feel like you need to do, or have you put this to bed sort of after uh, you know living through it from a professional and criti- uh, critical standpoint here on Bad Movie Brunch? I feel like I would like to look into the comics um, for sure and figure out the source material because I am interested in seeing out how that kind of um, episodic adventure storytelling would work just week to week as opposed to like this feature length monstrous masterpiece. Uh, so, so I am curious about the source material. There's, so there's the two movies, the two main movies, and there's also something called saving our fragile earth. And I think that's just like a lot of Tezuka's characters just kind of come together in like this massive, you know, like that um, special in the nineties when all the, cartoon characters came together okay, to like okay. tell you to not do drugs. Oh, of course. Guess what? Like it that. didn't work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but this is like that, but with recycling. 
Okay, fair enough. Recycling, I yeah. could, I could, I could work on that. Uh, mm-hmm. The drugs thing's done. I mean, nothing I can do. <laughs> as I as I chug my my extra caffeinated diet coke. Delicious. That was good. I wish we could get a spot from Diet Coke. Oh, dude, it's my dream. Like, imagine that. Like, imagine if we got a sponsorship from Diet Coke, but, like, we didn't get paid money, but we got, like, a 12-er every week. Like, mm-hmm. like a 12-pack of ca- I would be so down for that. Dude, me too. I would, oh. I would definitely use it. Mm-hmm. Anyways. But, yeah, <laughs> is there... Oh, do you have any extra credits this week? Extra credits. Other movies that you've seen? Oh my goodness! Uh, totally. Are are we done with Unico? I believe so. You feel I don't covered? Have else to say about yeah, it. I feel pretty covered. Oh, I just wanted to like. I just uh, one more time wanted to say like, I feel like this isn't one that's gonna uh, like leave my memory anytime soon. Um, it's not. Oh, good. Well, yeah, and I feel like we've done other we've done other uh, things on the show, and some have like fallen by the wayside. Like I, for God's sake, I never want to even think about that Pokemon one we watched. Uh, to be honest with you, um, mm-hmm. but I I really thought this was uh, interesting. Uh, I don't know how soon I'll pop it on because it de- definitely made me like anxious. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but like, if I put it on without sound, I could probably do it for sure. Yeah. Uh, just because, like, yeah, it's really pretty. And the other thing I'm curious about, if you ever get into the uh, comics, and I'd love for you to like sort of report back here, maybe as an extra credit for a different episode. No pressure. Uh, I'm just curious on, yeah, what it must be like, because I imagine as a as a writer, it must be kind of unnerving to have to invent brand new like subplots and characters for Unico to like, uh, you know, bond with each time. It sounds like that'd be really difficult because. You know what I'm saying earlier about like you know Marvel and DC and they still do it this way where like comics are all like second act because you, everybody knows the origin and you're never going to end it. Um, but they're not inventing new characters every single issue. Can you imagine if like there's Spider-Man just goes to a different city every issue and there's brand new like people to support? I wonder. Oh my god! I yeah. mean, it'd be insane. So I wonder if you know would Unico have more longevity if it were like sticking with like a tried and true cast of characters that everybody can like relate and like love and like side characters that people cling to or you know is it what makes unico its own thing is the fact that unico is the main feature fucking you're paying for unico and everybody else you're lucky to get like you're Mm -hmm. just everybody wants the unico we all know it unico is the money maker (laughs) and i also am like super curious to like do more research and i guess see if like is there a following? Like, is this a you thing? Because you know, or is this like, is there like a pretty decent following like here in the States or like overseas um, that you're aware of uh, to this day? The only thing I'm aware of is that, again, he was like, he was created to be a Sanrio character, which is why he's so damn cute. Because he's meant to be in like the League of like Hello Kitty and all the... Oh, see, that helps. I'm such a, I'm such an ignorant F. (laughs) I was like, I was like, (laughs) I don't know what that means, but now that makes total sense. And I do think that there's, but I feel like this is more with people who grew up in the 80s who saw Unico when it was like relevant, who were scarred for, who were scarred by it, who were, who remember it as like a nightmare children's movie. So there is like this weird subgroup that I'm kind of a part of who are just like, wow, that, that sure happened. And then I think there are, but I do think that the Sanrio character love is more prominent in Japan. I don't think we ever got him in America to my knowledge. And and you say Sanrio characters? That's the that's the production company. 
Or uh, that's the toy line. The toy but line. They also had a production company. I, I don't know if they still do actually, but they uh they definitely have been Hello Kitty cartoons. And they're the Hello Kitty people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They sure are. Okay, because I did you watch the toys that made us? Yes, yes, yes. So Hello Kitty is still popular as hell, <laughs> which is like insane. But you'd think you'd be able to like ride some of that some of that uh, Hello Kitty popularity and bring Unico into the main for into the you know into the oeuvre, um, mm-hmm. if you will. Uh, it's kind of surprising. I, I think that in a world in a world of reboots and uh, giving everybody their own origin and stuff like that, let's get a we need we need a new Unico flick. I'm just gonna say it. You know, I would love a new Unico flick. I can't imagine how that would go. It wouldn't uh, make money here. I if it would be dark and weird again, or if we go with like the light original. Yeah, but I would be very curious to see somebody else's take on it. For sure, and especially like we don't get this animation anymore nobody draw i mean like people draw but it's all computers right it's all mm-hmm. like it's and, and not that that isn't gorgeous not that it isn't like you know amazing to look at but there's something to, there's a big difference between you know watching coco which is like breathtaking and fantastic animation but also watching uh fantasia or something like that and uh i think there's there's still a place and i think there's still an audience for the 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 classic animation and i know it takes a long time and it's outdated and i guess like becoming archaic in the in the medium in the medium but um i would really really love to see something like that and i think that's something i maybe i kind of appreciated about spider-man is it didn't mm-hmm. feel like as 3d the spider-verse obviously um it felt like comics like hand drawn and shit uh i guess i just missed that and I, uh, Unico was a nice reminder of how much I miss that because I don't always think about it. Um, what about you? What kind of like, are you like, I don't know why, but like at some point I hit a capacity with like, uh, I love Disney to death, DreamWorks, Illumination, everybody's doing amazing work. Um, Sony, of course, as well. But at some point I was like, oh man, I don't want everything to look like the Pixar way of uh, of like three-dimensional CGI looking peeps. I kind of want to see something that looks you know that's like somebody wrote it drew drew like a cell and then you had to put different sheets on top of each other to make it move and you know what i'm saying just like yeah, old timey. Di- i would I'd just love, love that more of that as well just just more variety really and i do think that this style really is gorgeous like as you were saying like you just pop this on without the sound and just enjoy and can you can you think of anything aside like the, the last thing that, that comes to mind is princess and the frog uh, oh, not at the top of my head. No, not for theatrical. <sighs> I'm hungry for it. I really am. So mm-hmm. thank you for thank you for rewetting my appetite <laughs> for some Absolutely. for some old timey looking it. animation. I'm gonna go through my Disney shelf when I return home. So we can move okay. on to extra credits. I'm into that. Uh, Unico okay. Unico's been put to bed. What have you been watching? I the one thing I want to go over. So I saw this really. Weird German movie this week. Ooh. It's, yes, it's nominated for Best Foreign Film. It's called Never Look Away. It is three hours long. Fuck. It definitely feels like it's three hours long. Oh, my God. So I would suggest if you're, uh, I mean, it might be different if you're seeing it in a theater. I was able to get a screener of it. Oh, but ooh. If you're, yeah, if you're able to watch it at home, I would definitely take breaks. I wish I had taken breaks because I feel like I would have been able to appreciate it a little bit more. But it's essentially about art. And in Germany, and there, it follows the, a young man who grows up under, like, like the first scene of the movie is an art exhibit, a Nazi art exhibit about this is how we used to make art and it was bad. 
and now we strive for better, more moralistic art. So it's basically like you can't art this way. And then later on in his life, when he's a young man, he goes to art school in socialist Eastern Germany. And then he's told, like, the only type of art that you can make is socialist realism. Everything else is not art. Oh, God. So you have that. Like, like, this is art. This is not art. And then he goes, he's able to escape Eastern Germany and go to Dusseldorf in the 60s, where he goes to art school again, but this time to an avant-garde school. And this time, art is all about finding something that nobody else has done before. There's no set style, but you can't do anything else anybody else has done. And so he's trying very hard to find his voice, essentially, but he's not able to do it because he's trying to copy, essentially, other people's voices. He's not being true to himself. And so the final bit of the film is him finally reconciling all the horrors that he's seen throughout his life and creating art that way. And finally, he's able to realize a unique artistic vision. And I thought it was really beautiful. It's definitely more of a thought piece than a character piece. It does focus on one main character, but I definitely felt like he was more representative of an idea than a person. But I still think that it's very worth checking out, and it's gorgeous. For and it's sure. nominated for Best Foreign Film. That's really cool. And it's, and it's live action. Yes. Okay. Yes. So it is live I'm, action. Just, I'm just confirming because I'm, I'm more on this animation trend. Yeah, that sounds, like, that sounds very challenging, Katie. Um, mm-hmm. And like it sounds, yeah, that sounds like a beautiful story. Do you know anything about the filmmaker? No, or filmmakers. Just, just curious. Randomly, yeah. Wow, where and you just have the screener, huh? You're just Miss Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> I got it from work. Yes, I got the screener, and it must. It might be. <laughs> it might be tough if you have to watch in the theater like a peasant. What? <laughs> <laughs> take I mean, breaks if you if you have the other <laughs> Take breaks if you have the luxury. If you need to go make a martini. <laughs> <laughs> I uh That's I fair. I've been watching uh I just started watching The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina uh on oh, Netflix. Interesting. Um, what do you think? Do you, do you have you seen it? Yes. Do you hate it? It sounds like you hate it. I, I sure do. Oh yeah, wow. I, sure do. I really like it so far. Um I'm only like on the 5th episode. Um I guess what I'm dying to know without giving away too much cuz I'm only halfway through. What do you hate about it? Cuz I I think what you hate about it is probably what I expect. <laughs> Oh, uh, that's interesting. That's an interesting way to phrase that question. No, no, I, it, I'm sorry. It's, nobody talks like a person, and I feel like that's forgivable in Riverdale because they're they they ease you into the weirdness in Riverdale. Okay, like it's just like uh, it's regular, but then like then there's murder, and I guess we're gonna do that, and then after that we're going to be, do a serial killer, and then we're gonna do a cult based off of a D and D thing. Right, and they ease you into how <laughs> much more batshit and bizarre it gets. This is bad shit and bizarre from the beginning, but it also has the added un- like weirdness of nobody talks like a person, and I don't believe anybody has a real relationship. Okay. Anybody. All right. All right. I, 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 that's not. See, I was wrong. It's not what I expected. I thought. I thought. Uh, I thought it would just be the fact that it seems to. Because uh, the way it seems to me is, it seems like a CW show that just got Netflix money. And, oh, absolutely. Uh, and which I'm into because I like CW shows, but I feel like a lot of people don't like that CW, CW flavor. I did not mean to be reductive when I said it, Katie, uh, by any means. I, I respect your, your taste and as a, as a, as a consumer, um, and as, <laughs> a, as a fellow artist. Um, you. yeah, no, I just, th- I just thought that it was, I just thought that it was probably like a little melodramatic for you or something. Um, oh, it's your, that as well. Okay, because I mean, for me, give me the melodrama. I'm I'm all about it. <laughs> um, 
No, I just thought it was kind of compelling, and I like the pe- that's just you know it's the same peeps like you said that make Riverdale, they make Arrow and Flash, it's like Berlantyville. Um, so that's probably why. I mean, it wasn't. I'm not ready to die for it. It's something I threw on, but I've really been enjoying it. I find it very binge worthy. Um, I'm able to just keep popping on episodes, and I think it's also for me it makes me feel brave because it's like not that scary. Um, yeah, I think that's maybe another reason I'm drawn to it because like I'm like, oh, this is all satanic shit that I'm probably like really afraid of and oh there's the big goat devil <laughs> um but it's just like just goony enough to where i'm like i'm not afraid of you and i think that makes me feel more like a man um <laughs> if i'm being honest i also i liked the melissa joan hart series um but i didn't really you know like watch it religiously um mm-hmm. but more than anything i'm a fan of black cats and there's a very sweet one in the show uh so i'm all about that and i just like I just like comics becoming live action. I don't know. It's as simple as like, hey, I read that. Now I can see that. <laughs> um, I'm well, sorry. Good to know. I'm I may sorry you hate it. it. I'm sorry you hate it. Some, I, <laughs> there are some people who I know really enjoy it. And maybe I just didn't give it enough of a fair shake. I only watched one episode before I tapped out, and I usually try to give the three-episode treatment. Really? See, so, so maybe I'll try to return for two more and see how I feel. They are long, but I don't know why. I was able to just, like, I watched the first one, and I was just like, yeah, I'll watch the second. I just, like, it, it didn't, like, it didn't super grip me one way or the other, but, like, I just, I felt like it's doing that Netflix thing, which is really smart of them, that every end of the episode feeds into the beginning. Like, they do it, like, one long movie, and so, like, I'm way more compelled to hit play on the next one. Um, and mm-hmm. I don't, I haven't fallen prey to that since, like, Luke Cage or anything like that. Like, I've been pretty good on not, like, binging too hard, but uh, I think this one's got me. I think I'll, I, I started watching it, like, a night ago, and I think I'll have it done by, like, tomorrow. Um, really into it. I don't know why. I think it's just a, a cute little show. Um, cool. Let me know what you think of the rest of the series. Oh, I'm curious to in, see indeed if I you will. Think it stays that way the whole the whole time. Yeah, and I'll let you know if I feel like you should rewatch it. <laughs> okay. I'll be sure. like, Katie, I think this gets better. Um, but I don't know. Right now, I don't feel strongly enough to argue it. It's not like Arrow where I'm like, if you're not watching this, what the fuck? Um, <laughs> I had a crazy year with Arrow because like I didn't watch it. Uh, for a really long time, and then all of a sudden, I watched like six seasons of it this year, and I'm caught up and current. Uh, so I'm really, I'm really proud of myself in that regard. It's been a productive year. Bad. You watch anything else? Uh, I, I finally watched the first season of Atlanta because I was sick this week. Oh, Atlanta rocks. So I had no excuse. Yeah. Yeah, I just watched it all in one day. It is real. It's I don't understand. It there's a very interesting trend of calling things comedies when i think they're more dramas oh it, yeah and I think that's very apparent in atlanta it has funny moments there are characters that say funny things but it, it definitely feels way more like a drama than it does a comedy i absolutely agree um i think it gets i think it got pinned as a comedy early on because i don't know i, I don't donald glover has transformed so much in the past like you know five to ten years um mm-hmm. that i think people weren't ready for him not to be comedic and now i think that in the especially the past couple years he's taken on this like whole like this he's taken the next step into becoming like a larger entity i feel like in in the world of uh, media just because like he's kind of everything he's like musician artist poet writer comedian uh 
he's just everything. So I, I, I like I, I don't think we I don't think Donald Glover he could he could never get too much credit in my eyes, uh, for the stuff he's been producing lately, musically, um, on screen, uh, stuff he's writing, even that Deadpool series we'll never see. Um, mm-hmm. He was even great as Lando Calrissian, even though I did not like that movie. <laughs> um, also, you said to watch Blockers, and Blockers rocks. I've watched it like three times. Like I bought that Blu-ray, and I just I I keep putting it in. It's fantastic. Dude, um, hell yeah. Okay, so uh, last episode I said that um, Can You Ever Forgive Me was the best bummer lesbian storyline yeah. of 2018. Blockers is the best, like, heartwarming lesbian storyline of 2018. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievably I'm, I'm good. It my seal of approval on that regard. And it's also just funny and heartwarming. Yeah. And just kind of weirdly charming. Oh, it's like, fuck, I wish I had this movie like 10 years ago. Like, so mm-hmm. badly. This is, and it's just like, it's just America. It's like, it's like American pie, but it'll age better. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's like, it's like, uh, American pie for the, for the, for the new high school. And like all these girls are so funny. And like, I think this movie got marketed completely backwards. Um, and I think it's cause it's like, you know, Leslie Mann, you know, John Cena, you know, Ike Barinholtz and they all totally rock in this movie. Don't get me wrong. But this movie has way more to do with like prom night and like the high schoolers mm-hmm. than I think uh, I think was like given due in the like in the in the trailers and stuff because I I think that's why I missed it. I'm like yeah that looks okay and like I love Ike Barinholtz and like all these people don't get me wrong but I definitely slept on it and upon watching I'm like oh no this is exactly my favorite kind of movie. This is like a total like all in one night high school flick and a lot of it is really just about you know growing up and like like you know like the fear of losing your friends and leaving your old self behind and yada, yada. Um, so I love it. And the fact that like they're, they find a way to like, it's just, it's just consistently like it's raunchy and wholesome. Like they are raunchily wholesome the entire movie. Um, and the girls, they rock like those three girls are so funny, like unbelievably funny. Um, I don't have enough good things to say about it. I could, that's a movie that I could just pop in at any time. Like I'm kind of obsessed with it right now. Uh, and it's, it's kind of due to you. Cause you mentioned how, how dope it was. I'm so pleased. Yes. I'm in full support. I do think that blockers falls into that realm of movies that were underrated last year. So the more people to watch it, the, the warmer my heart is. And so, uh, la- final thing for me is I'm trying yeah. to give us more of a social media presence. Uh, I- I'm trying. So if you if you're on Instagram, follow us on Instagram. Um, we're on Twitter, but I kind of quit Twitter, so I don't really use it. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. I found that Twitter is a dark place. Um, it's not. It can be for it's, sure. <laughs> it's kind of like I notice that it's just like, why am I sad all the time? And then I realize I'm addicted to a website that's sad all the time. Uh, so I'm like, "Eh, I don't know, but we're definitely on Instagram, (laughs) uh, and I'm trying to use that more. And obviously we're on Facebook. So at bad movie brunch for either one, um, trying to be a little more interactive. Uh, and we're, you know, our website is still really cool. Badmoviebrunch.wordpress.com. Uh, check us out on SoundCloud, bad movie brunch, Apple podcast, bad movie brunch. We're everywhere. We're branding. We're coming at you. Uh, and 2019 is the year of, of, of me and Strawberry, me and Katie Grotzinger bringing it to you bad movie brunch style. Hell yeah. Yeah. And I said we'd be more consistent and then we didn't have an episode for three weeks. So yeah. I'm going to try to be more consistent <laughs> and, uh, yeah. we'll get, we'll get there. We'll get there. Yeah. Um, but I feel good. Yeah. I'm sorry to hear you were sick. Are you feeling better? I'm feeling much better. Thank you. Good. Thrilled to hear that. 
Um, got anything else to say about Unico or movies or TV or life? Just, I, I feel like I know Unico is a very weird, very unusual film, and maybe people don't want to watch a weird Japanese animated movie from the early 1980s. But it's on YouTube. Yeah. You don't have to pay money. No. You have literally nothing to lose. Yeah. Give it a shot. See if you can get into it maybe after like the first 15 minutes. If you're not still not feeling it after the first 15 when like the plot arrives, maybe you can let it go. But otherwise, I would suggest giving it a shot. Educate yourself. Mm-hmm. That's the thesis of Bad Movie Brunch today. Educate yourself. Mm-hmm. Last question, Katie. Do you have any sort of feelings about the Academy Award nominations? Uh, the only thing I'm bummed out about is that um, a lot of the docs I really like didn't get nominated for Best Doc. Yeah, kind of so weird. I'm sad that uh, um, Won't You Be My Neighbor didn't get nominated, and I'm sorry that um, Shirkers didn't get nominated. Yep. I have a lot of like I have a lot of things that I don't know like I, I feel weird about and I'm like do I even care about the Academy Awards like I guess I don't so why am I worked up the only thing I'll go on record of saying with my voice recorded is Ethan Hawke deserves a nomination for First Reformed um, and I'm bummed he didn't get it that's all and uh, and, and, and Elsie Fisher deserved a nomination for Eighth Grade and I'm bummed she didn't get it um, that's my only like I guess real big beefs. Um, but you know, little. But cur- otherwise, I'm excited, and yeah. unfortunately, I need to head out. Yeah, let's get out of here. Lovely talking to you, man. Yeah, you too. Have a nice day. I've been Luke Taylor here in Chicago. I've been Katie here in here. Oh my God! I almost said here in Chicago. Get out of here. Go to your thing. <laughs> this has I've been, been Katie <laughs> here in Los Angeles. This is I Bad Movie Brudge. Have a good one, guys. <laughs> Named Unico, as cute as cute can be. An innocent